0: Good morning, if you want to grab your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 22, we're going to get there in just a minute, and uh, also on the back side of your bulletin that you received when you came in the building is an outline, if you want to follow along, you can do that as well, 2010, 2010 is here, wow, You feel different today, no, fatter maybe, yeah, good, I do, all right. Tomorrow we all start working out. We'll all be skinny in seven days. So that's what we're believing for. Um, now it's been a, it's been a great year, great uh, uh, just a great week, and um, it's just been awesome to be here through the holidays and through Christmas and New Year's. And I am really, really, really pumped about what God's doing at Life Church this this year in 2010. Um, and I know you say that every year, and you're an optimist and that kind of. I'm really, 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 really excited about what God's doing this year. And this year we um you know the mission statement at life church is uh, upward in worship inward in commitment and outward in evangelism and uh, and that doesn't change and our whole uh, strategy of of uh, reaching people is that we invest in people relationally and then we invite them either to church or to an event or to a relationship with jesus Christ and that doesn't change but this year, we're kind of giving a theme to 2010 uh, that we're going to be all about this year. That we're going to just kind of push this thing to a whole nother level and kind of a, a baby in the crib, if you would. Just something that we're going to focus on this year. And it's what's on your bulletin. It's the title of this series called Give and Go. You're going to hear about Give and Go this weekend. You're going to hear about Give and Go next weekend. You're going to hear about go, Give and Go this whole month. You're going to hear about Give and Go throughout the year and uh, it may be some of what you think, it may be completely different than what you think, but you're, we're going to be talking about this subject of give and go. It's going to be a, a theme for us, kind of a, uh, just a, kind of a focus point for us this year. And um, Because this year is going to be a year that I think we're going to see some cool, cool things happen. This year is going to be a year I think God's going to really show up and do some incredible things. Um, This is going to be a year where I think God's going to kind of blow our socks off in a couple of ways, and and just some some unexpected ways, even some ways that myself and the leadership team don't completely understand, but we know that God's at work in some things. And so I want to just take this first weekend of the year, and I I just want to kind of set the tone for this series. I want to kind of set the tone for this theme. I want to kind of... I want to kind of get in your kitchen a little bit in the next few moments and kind of rattle some pots and pans. And, and I want to also kind of kind of stir you up a little bit. And I want to kind of encourage you. I'm going to kind of like, uh, did anybody watch the Christmas story over the holidays? The movie? Come on, dude. That is like, that is a staple in my house. You're going to shoot your eye out and, and right, and uh, don't tell uh, Randall this, but l- the little brother Randy that's Randall, who's playing the guitar right here, all cool and everything. That's Randall. I'm telling you that when I was in Bible college, his mother used to bundle him up because his dad was, was on staff at the faculty there, and he was about six, and he had that little maroon puffy suit like that that he had to walk around the school in. Yeah, I'm telling you. So anyhow, I, and, and part of that I love is the whole triple dog dare, you know, the tongue to the frozen pole. If you don't know what that's all about, just go out. Today would probably be a good day. And take your tongue and stick it to a metal pole and see if it sticks. Right? Yeah. So anyhow, but I'm going to kind of triple dog dare you this weekend. I- I'm going to kind of really lay it down this weekend. I- I'm i not trying to make you mad. I'm not, I'm not in a bad mood. Uh, you know, I-, I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. This isn't like <laughs> the whole theme for the year. Like, dude, is he going to be like really like riding us like this all year? No, it's just today. But, but, but we're going to kind of do it a little bit throughout the year. So, but it's going to be a great thing, and it's going to be something that I think when we look back on 2010, we're going to see God, that God showed up. We're going to see that, that God did something great in our midst. So, so let's get started, because there's two greats. There's two greats that, that, that the Bible gives us as Christ followers. And the first is give. It's called the great commandment. It's in your notes. It's the first blank in your notes. Give the great commandment. And, and, and this is what Christ instructed us to do. He instructed us to give. Give of ourselves to God and give of ourselves to others. That's what he instructed us to do. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40, this is what it said. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Verse 39, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, this is really great. And all the law, the entire Old Testament, the Levitical law, the law of Moses, and all the prophets... Major and minor prophets of the Old Testament, hang on, these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The whole give and the give and go theme this year is all going to be about us giving, first of all, ourselves to God. We are called, as Christ followers, to have this reckless, abandoned passion to follow Jesus. We're called as Christians to love God with everything else and above everything else. We are called as Christ followers to lay down our lives and to take up our cross and to follow him. And this year, you're going to hear that over and over and over. I'm going to ask you that rhetorical question. Are you fully surrendered to Jesus Christ? Are you fully immersed in this thing called Jesus? Are Are you recklessly abandoned to this thing called being a Christian? Because if you're not, you really are not doing the great commandment. You're really not fulfilling the word of God. You're really not living in the sweet spot of what God has for you to do. Because God, first and foremost, above anything else, he wants you. He wants me. He wants us to be able to say, palms up. I will do what you want me to do. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will be what you want me to be. Oh God, here I am. And so this year, as we go through this year, this is going to be one of the things that we're going to talk about. We're, we're, we're going to stress. We're 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 going to do and and ask the question: How passionate am I about this thing called Jesus? How passionate am I about my relationship with God? How passionate am I? Am I having my daily conversations with God through daily devotions? Am I spending time in in the Word? Um, Am I spending time in prayer? And there's so many ways. There are so many ways to kind of log your prayer time and log your Bible reading time and so many things that can help you. But the first thing Jesus said is that we as Christ followers are supposed to give ourselves first of all to God wholeheartedly. And that's more than saying a prayer. That's a lifestyle. And I think what's going to happen this year, I think you're going to get, as Christ followers, convicted on some areas in your life where you're just kind of loose, where you're just kind of light, where you just really don't want to go there. And right now, you go, man, is it just me or is it hot in here? And what, what's... Because because there's just this thing called the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that kind of gets in your kitchen a little bit, it gets in my kitchen and just says, hey, I want more of you. Hey, I want more time with you. Hey. I want a relationship. I don't want religion. I don't want what you have to offer me on Sunday morning. I don't want you to write a bigger check. I I, I don't want you to to, to sign up for a new ministry. I just want you. I want to know that I have your heart. I want to know that I have your attention. Through the course of this year, we're going to do some some times where we're just going to have, and we've already began to set these up, and we're going to be announcing these, but we're just going to have some times where I'm going to teach on some old-time spiritual disciplines called fasting. Well, we're just going to go into a season of fasting as a church. You know it's serious when a fat white guy talks about not eating. Mm, somebody call me a taxi. I'm telling you. But I just feel like God wants us as a church to go deeper in him this year. Give. That's what we're talking about. The second thing he says is don't just give yourself to me, but give yourself to other people. Because the Bible says how are they going to know that you're my disciples? By your love one for another. Giving of yourself to other people. This year, we're going to, to really push the whole thing. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? I know you love you because you got up and you took care of yourself this morning. You got up and you did your hair. Some of you did a better job than others. You, you know, you, yeah, come on, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. And, 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 and you took care of you, and, and I'm not worried about that. But do you love your neighbor? Remember Sesame Street? Who are the people in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood? The people that you see each day, right? The people that you see every day. Do you love those people? And you go, but some of those people are ornery. I know. Some of those people, man, they're going to split hell wide open. I know. Some of those people just get on my nerves. I work with some of those people. I understand. I have to work with the staff. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Come work a week up here. You get what I'm saying? Do you love the people you work with? Do you love the people in your neighborhood? Do you love the people that you see? Do you love the people that you like and the people that you don't like? See, I don't have to like you to love you. I don't have to understand you to love you. I don't have to get you to love you. I don't have to approve of your lifestyle and your choices in life to love you, but I do have to love you. And, and so this year we're we're going to really push that whole thing about are you loving your neighbors yourself, and we're going to give you opportunities to express that because unless you express that, love's not a, not a noun; it's a verb, and love is an action word. And unless you put that into action, it's just talk, and talk is cheap. And we've got a world that's so tired of rhetoric and talk and 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 double speak and and just and sound bites. We are tired. We're tired of slogans and one-liners. We want someone that will say the truth unashamedly, unabashedly, lay it out, whether I like it or I don't, whether I accept it or I don't. At least I know they've said the truth. Do you love people? Your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family. Some of you spent time around your family. Family's kind of like fish. After a couple of days, it starts to smell, right? Come on, let's just be honest. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't, why? Everybody's like going, I don't know if I can say amen to that, but I feel that in my spirit. Yes, verily. So give. The second is go. And this is the great commandment. These are the two greats of the New Testament. The great, excuse me, this is the great commission. You have give as a great commandment, but go is the great commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, Jesus said this. Now therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What's he commanded? To love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. So teach that. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So the second thing that he tells us as Christ followers we're supposed to do is to go. Whether it's around the corner or around the world, we're supposed to go. We're supposed to leverage who and what we are and go and do something to change the world that we live in. We are not designed to come into church and sit our butts down in a seat for an hour and hear somebody tell us what to do and get out and do nothing about it. We are designed to be active. We are designed to be not to be passive but to be aggressive. We're designed the Bible says that we we as 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 in, we're like in an army the Bible says. And we are forcefully going forward. We are aggressively going forward with love, not with not with war, with peace, not with rage, but we're going forward on this mission and we are there to take this gospel that so changed our lives that can help change someone else. That's what we're supposed to do. It's like if you ever gotten ladies, you got a great deal. There's a going out of sale, a, 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 a going out of business sale at some major ch- store or chain, and you get on the phone, you get on Facebook, you get on texting, and you rattle it off to all your girlfriends. Oh my goodness! There's all these sales and all these clothes, and I got this, and I got these boots, and I got this scarf, and it's just so wonderful. And oh my goodness, you've got to go, and you're passionate about it. You're passionate. It's like fire shut up in your bones. <laughs> and guys, it, it, it's like uh, there's there's this there's this there's this going out of business sale at Fleet Farm. You've got to go. I mean, the flannel is fifty percent off. They, they've got power tools. They've got. If you're, Fleet Farm is a great place. You just take just. I just took a day and spent the family at Fleet Farm because there's so much stuff to do, or Farm and Fleet, Fleet Farm, whatever you want. But anyhow, you get excited about it. You got to see this new snowblower I've got, and you bring all the guys over. You got to see this new TV I got, and you come and watch a watch watch a fight match or 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 you watch a football game. Whatever it is, you get passionate about it because you want to hook everybody up that's your friend up with the deal that you got. That's what Jesus said we're supposed to do with Him. We're supposed to hook a brother up. We're supposed to go and say it, spray it, wheel it, deal it, do everything we can to leverage this life-changing gospel that Jesus Christ has come, and he gives me peace that so I can sleep through the night. He gives me joy in the middle of my storm. He is my great physician. He is my great deliverer. He set me free. He restored my marriage. He put my kids on the right track. He's given me peace of mind. He's given me freedom from all the things that afflicted me. And that's what this church is all about. That's what Life Church is all about. Let me stop just for a second and just say that again. Because I, I kind of hit this missional note every year about this time. That's what we're about. And, and I, I say this unapologetically, but I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a mean-spirited way. I mean this with humility, but I mean this with the most sincerity that I have. We have never been. And we will never be a church that's about ourselves. We do not believe that church exists for us. And that means sometimes I don't like every song that's sung. That means sometimes I don't like the lights. That means sometimes I don't like the seat. That means sometimes I don't like the preacher. That's okay. You don't have to like me. You just got to love me. Uh, I mean, it just, right? Sometimes I don't like a program. Sometimes I think we should do this and that. And I think we went left and we should have went right. That's okay because church isn't about me. Church is about us as a group of people leveraging everything that we have in order to win and to lead a lost and dying world to Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. And so if you're looking for a church today, maybe you're a Christ follower and, and you're here and you're kind of checking things out and you've heard some things about life church. let me say this, if you're looking for a church that's just going to be like Burger King, your way right away now, we're not that. If you're looking for a church that's going to do it every, the way you want to do it all the time, we're not that. If you're looking for a pastor that's just going to hold your hand till Jesus comes. I'm not he. I can lead you to some guys that are. They're gifted and they're great, but that's just not my gifting. My job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. My job as a leader in this church is, is to equip this church to go out to the highways and the byways and to compel people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. My job as a senior leader and an under-shepherd under him is to do everything I can to leverage everything that you have that until he comes that we do everything within our power to change this world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about because here's the reality. This weekend, there will be someone, there, there, there will be a mom who um, basically, she is, um, she's been praying for her husband to come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. She's been asking all of her girlfriends to pray. She's been asking the Bible study, the small group that she's in to pray. She's been asking the gals at chick Chat to pray, and, and they're praying, and they're believing. And this weekend, he finally said Yes. This weekend, he finally said, you know what, it's a new year, it's a new day, I'll go to church with you. And she's just, she's just like, she's trying to keep her composure, but she's just stoked beyond words. And and so, as she's getting, she gets up early this morning, because she wants to make sure that there's nothing that would keep him from saying, well, I'll just stay home with the kids, they've got the sniffles. So she's making sure the kids are taken care of. And she's making sure everything's taken care of, and she warms the car up, and she makes sure that the coffee's right. She's made sure his breakfast is right, because she doesn't want there to be anything to impede his coming. And experiencing this, this Jesus that she's experienced. And as she drives to church this morning, she says, honey, I'll drive. You just relax. And, 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 and she's gripping the steering wheel. And here's what she's praying under her breath to herself. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please. Today. Please. Please let my husband experience this life-changing peace that I have. Oh, God, Please. As we pull into the parking lot, people, let people be warm. I know it's freezing cold, but let them be warm and friendly today. Let people have a smile, even if it's frozen. Let them have a smile today, Lord. And as we get in there, let there be plenty of workers and life kids so that there's no excuse for my husband to say, well, honey, I'll just stay with the kids or I'll just take them to McDonald's and, and they can play in the play playland while you go to church and we'll be back in about an hour to pick you up. And Lord, as we come in, let there be a seat in, in the back so we can just kind of slip in so he doesn't feel awkward. And I pray, oh, God, remember how the music was about four weeks ago, God, when, I mean, the, the roof opened up like Miller Park, and, I mean, you just came down. Let it be like that. And I pray, let, let Pastor Aaron be funny. You know, remember when he was really funny about two weeks ago, and he just, that was that time, God, yeah. And, and let him just have that, but, but, God, let him preach under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't get how all that works, but just let that happen so that it goes right to my husband's heart. I had somebody come up to me last night and just said, man, I want you to be praying tomorrow. Because I got a phone call from, from a friend who's going to be at church today. He said, this is the year I need to make some things right with God. That's why we exist. We don't exist for a pastor We don't exist so I have a place to preach. We don't exist so you have a place to to give your money so you can get tax charitable donation. We don't exist for ourselves, for our ministry, for our kids, for our youth. We exist for one thing, for lost people, for people that have yet to come. And you go, but that's a little crazy. I mean, what, what about meeting our needs and what about this? That's the way God designed the kingdom. It's upside down. He said, if you want to be first, you've got to be last. If you want to be served, then you must serve. If you want to be the best, then you've got to be willing to be the lowest. Proverbs says that the way to the master's chambers is to the servants' quarters. And when we are willing to give love away, when we're willing to, 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 to go and to give and to love and to the point that we're broke, to the point that we don't have anymore, to the point that we're living by faith. At that moment, that's when we put a smile on God's face. At that moment, then God opens up the windows of heaven and he pours out a blessing so great upon us that we can't contain it. Because what God wants from you and I is the same thing we want from our children, is that our children look to us and and they look to us in this way of, dad, help. Dad, I need you. Dad, can you help me with this? It's in that moment that my heart gets two times larger. It's in that moment that that, that I just swell up and go, I can do anything. I can be, anything you need me to be honey because I'm here because I'm your dad and that's what God wants from you and I it's the upside down kingdom and so God tells us to go he tells us to give and what's interesting about this is that the give, the great commandment is in the go, the great commission he says when you go I want you to give them what I taught you what did he teach us? to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength and love our neighbors as it's real simple you got depression issues? Start loving people like you love yourself. Start being worried and obsessed about people the way you're worried and obsessed about yourself. You, 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 you've got insecurity issues? Begin to focus on people the way you focus on yourself. You, 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 you got, you've got woes about money and things and stuff? Start worrying about other people the way you do about your own self. You, 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 you want to get ahead in life? Start thinking of other people the way you do think of your career path. It's the way it works in the kingdom. When we give, that's when we receive. When we're last, that's when we're first. When we serve, that's when we are served. I'm telling you, in my entire time of pastoring this church... And having my children here and my family here, not one time and all of this emphasis about reaching people. Have my daughters ever said, Dad, I don't feel like we're getting anything. Dad, I feel like we're left behind. Dad, I feel like that nobody cares about us. Dad, I don't feel like you have time for us. Dad, I don't feel like that the kid's pastor loves us. Dad, I don't care. I've not had one family leave the church and go, we're leaving because we're neglected. I've had people leave because it wasn't about them. I've had people leave because they, they, they kind of got upset about something and they, well, bless God, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Glory to God. We'll go somewhere else. Don't mean to be mean, but if you feel like you need to, go. We bless you. If you don't feel like you're supposed to be here, go. You need to be somewhere else. We've had people leave because music's too loud or I'm too whatever and too pretty. I, I don't know. We've had people leave. Just they leave, and that's okay. That's fine, right? Because if they're Christians and they're going to another church, God bless them. So, again, I told you I'm just going to kind of be out here. Now, something we're going to do every weekend this month is we're going to give you a real life church, life story of give and go. And this weekend, we're going to start it off with a kind of before we talk about the how, when we wrap everything up. We're going to show you a video of a couple in this church who have made some radical decisions that live in this community that are making radical choices in which to give and to go and to pursue what God's put in their heart. Turn your attention to the screen and I'll be back.
1: I'm Steve Graybosch and this is my wife Priscilla. And uh, we've been asked to kind of share our story a little bit. Uh, and for me, uh, the story of where we are right now uh, started when I was in Texas. I, w- I moved down to Dallas, Texas, in 1988 to go to Bible school. And while I was there, I became involved in an outreach ministry uh, that was based in a warehouse district in outside of downtown Dallas, Texas. And uh, it was a small warehouse that was being used uh, for ministry in kind of a a different realm. It wasn't a traditional church, so to speak. Um, It was, to me, what felt like a modern day example of the Book of Acts and how how the early disciples met together and lived together and communed together. It was a community of believers um, that uh, prayed together, Served meals together, evangelize together, and it was all based out of this little warehouse area. They had Christian concerts and arts and, and all sorts of different things happening there. So then that also kind of became part of my passion that wouldn't it be wonderful to have a, a large facility that several small like-minded ministries that could potentially capitalize on joining resources. Rather than twenty churches in a you know three mile radius, each having a little food pantry, and well we're open this day because that's the only day a volunteer could come, and and you know have a few clothes here and a few you know, a few diapers, and then people are walking around trying to where can I get some services, and uh, to maybe come together, and and. Capitalize on you know one electric bill, one phone bill, one, you know one maybe media center that could be shared by several of these small ministries, um, and then have a facility that could be done nice to provide a place for people in the community to see something that would maybe provide some hope. So I was working at U.S. Bank and pursuing these ministry efforts on the side, and you know it's comfortable because the bills were always paid you know, for the last 10 years or so. I never had to worry about any financial issues. I had a good paying job, um, but I constantly felt like, like my heart was being drawn here to the inner city um, to, to make an impact. I felt like God's calling was on my life to do that and was just not sure how that was going to come about.
2: Yeah, um, we had just gotten married in June of this past year, and we actually got married at um, All Saints Church, which is where we started our first meal program. <laughs> and um, we each have four kids. So we have eight, eight kids together, and we're kind of crowded in the house. <laughs> um, I work part-time at Life Church, and with Steve's job at U.S. Bank, it, you know, he was carrying all the finances pretty much, but I felt like it was really important to support the ministry because I knew when we met that he was planning on going full-time into ministry and I really wanted to back him as much as possible and support him in in his vision because he has this broad vision it's just like I I see the neighborhoods down here and I realize that it's um it's a necessary thing that needs to happen in this area so um, so basically we found this building like a year and a half ago and we've made contact with the owners found out that they're Christians too and they want to sell it to us on a land contract and we've we've just had all these miracles kind of fall into place over the last few months
1: the the, the vision that for the project um, we we call this project Adullam, um and Adullam is coming from Uh, the Old Testament, when when David had to flee, when he was being pursued, and he he was down and out. He was running for his life, and he found this cave, this cave of Adullam, and he found refuge in that cave. And while he was in there, you know, because God had anointed him and called him, and, and it, said, it says in the scriptures that, that people that were dissatisfied with, with their government and with their society, you know, criminals, uh, people that were poor, you know, the disgruntled, the downcast, the outcast, the society, gathered around him and came. And, and this was this place of refuge. And that's what we, we see this as, as, as a place that will be a spiritual oasis, a refuge, like a greenhouse, um, almost a birthing center, you know, of, of spiritual health. For both Christians and non-Christians, we we hope to bring in the lost and, and present the gospel and, and present an alternative way of life that will hopefully, you know, bring recovery and deliverance and freedom and, and true life. It's pretty wild, isn't it,
0: to have be the mom and dad of eight kids. We thought the Brady Bunch was large. Eight kids, and to leave gainful employment in order to do what you feel like God's called you to do in order to minister to people that uh, are far away from God in the inner city of Milwaukee. And Steve, when Steve, several years ago, uh, Steve and I sat down and uh, I knew he was serious when when we were at lunch and I was eating and he wasn't, and he was talking. And uh, I was like, are you going to eat that burrito? And um, And so... And he began to share with me, this is what God's put in my heart. And I don't know how it's all going to come together. I don't know exactly what the plan's going to be. But this is what I know that God's called me to do. And so we're, we as a church body, we're going to get behind them. We're going to support them. It's going to be an awesome opportunity to be able to connect in the inner city. Um, we are talking about how we can help them do a church service on the weekends. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know if that's going to be a satellite location. I don't know if, if it's something that we're going to take some live and do there and go down there and speak. We'd love to do that. Um, and just love people. Because we in the Burbs have responsibility to those in the inner city, and in the central city. And so uh, uh, don't worry, we're not selling this and moving to that warehouse. But we're going to have a connection with what's going on there because that's part of the heart of God is to give and to go. So let's talk real quick as we kind of wrap this up. How are we going to do this? How does this work in our, in our own lives? Well, the first thing is go basically means being a witness of Jesus Christ here and around the world. When we say go, that's what we're talking about. Just being a witness of Jesus Christ here and around the world. Jesus has changed your life. All you're simply doing is, is, is one beggar to another beggar where to find food. Some of you may say, man, I've been saved for so long, I don't have passion for that. Well, let me tell you, some things come by prayer and fasting. Some things you just need to kind of, as my grandmother would say, get under the spout where the glory comes out. You just need to kind of get back to that place where you have this passion for Christ like you did when you were newly saved. And if you have a hard time remembering what that looks like, just see me and I'll introduce you to a few new believers at Life Church, and it will quickly come back to your mind about how you were just unabashedly and unashamedly just in love with Jesus. And it doesn't mean that you have to go, you know, and stand on the cafeteria table at lunch and tell everybody that they're sinners and they're going to hell. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, go into Mayfair Mall and tell everybody that they're, you know, that that they're, there's a road to destruction and they're on it. It just simply means that you become so consumed and full of Christ on a day-in-day-out life and a day in and day out, life, in day in and day out um, uh, time that you it just exudes from who you very are. Who you are. It's uh, what Paul called the fragrance of Christ that it just permeates from your life and that it just radiates from who you are. And people will begin to ask you, you know, and you got to open doors and opportunities. And, and so th- the first thing is when we talk about going, that's what we're talking about. And, and part of what we're trying to accomplish this year is that, is that uh, we're going to be having mission trips literally all around the globe and uh, Western Eastern Europe, Africa, Central and South America, inner city trips, and we still have a few things that are on the docket as well. Uh, that we're trying to work through, but we want to get you, many of you who've never been, and this isn't world international travel, that's totally different than international missions, Um, but get you somewhere where you are experiencing um, what it's like to be in 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 a country and in a place where Jesus Christ isn't the prominent thing, and it's not America, and it's very different, and so that you are actually being used of God someplace else. And so go, that's what that means. And then give means giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. I know I say this all the time. This is the easiest way to talk about the resources of life. Time, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, treasure. So when we talk about giving, we're talking about giving, first of all, of your time, of yourself. We're talking about, secondly, giving of your talent. You have abilities. You have giftings that God's given you. Some of you are just incredible people. You have incredible people skills. We want you to utilize that and help you. Some of you, you have great administrative skills, and I'm not just. T- this isn't a thing for another ministry. Get involved in a ministry at Life Church. I'm talking about using that to help you outside the walls of this church to minister, to utilize that, to leverage that, and talent, your 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 resources, your finances, your whatever that you have to do that, and to be a blessing to other people. Now, here's one question I want you to a- answer: Which of those three things—time, talent, and treasure? Is the hardest for you to give. You may have so much money that man writing a check is no big deal. Just tell me how much you want. There are people like that in this room, so that would be the easiest. But probably if if ta- if treasures the the easiest for you to give, time's going to be the hardest because your time is sacred because time is money, and money is time, and so. Maybe it's your talent. Right now, don't look at me. Right, circle something on that right there. That's what I'm asking you to do because I want you to have that. On the backside of the bulletin, I want you to circle one of those three things. What is the thing for you? What's the hardest thing for you? Because I'm going somewhere with this. Is it the fact that given of your talent, you go, man, I talk all week long. I talk for a living. The last thing I want to do is leverage that. Then, 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 then circle that one. Maybe it is your treasure. Maybe you just go, dude. I think church is all about money. I think you talk about money too much. I, I, every time that you take an offering, I just, I just tense up. I've just got to take a muscle relaxer when I get home after church. Then circle treasure because you got an issue there, and and circle that. And you think I got an issue? I'm telling you, you got an issue. You you know, whatever it is. Now here's what I want to say. This year in 2010, if it's your time, you know what I'm telling you. I think God's probably going to ask that of you this year. If it's your talent, that's probably where he's going to say, I'm not really focused on your money. I'm not focused on your, 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 your time. I'm, I'm focused on, I want you. I want, I give, I've given you gifts that I want you to leverage for the kingdom. If it's your money, because you're just tight and stingy, I think this year he's just going to say, you know what? I'm just going to keep asking and asking and asking for you. I'm not talking about tithe. I'm not talking about special offerings at Life Church. I'm talking about taking that and leveraging that in order to go. And so, and, and so when we talk about giving, we're talking about giving our – because, again, if we say that we love one another, but we don't have any of these things, it's empty. It's void. If we say that we care, but yet we don't show it, it's void. It's empty. It's, it's, it's not true. And so, you know, it's our love one for another that they're going to know us. So this year, going and giving, that's going to be a thing for us, is to try to take the Great Commission and the Great Commandment and just flesh it out in our lives.